When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield. I feel like more moving into like Jeremy Cameron. I feel like he's a gun up forward. He can also move high up and down. The impact in the middle of the ground. I feel like my fitness base now, my running ability and speed, I can sort of push high up to down with like that high half forward and then sort of impact from like 70, 80 metres out and yeah, get a, not always just kicking goals but also using my kicking ability to hit people up inside 450. That is young Gippsland power forward Ryan Marrick. He is highly likely to be the first name read out in the mid-season rookie draft which will take place later today and the club reading his name out will be the West Coast Eagles. Joining me on the show today is the West Australian's Jordan McArdle. Jordan is the West guru on young talent and on drafts. Jordan, welcome to the show. Morning, mate. Can you hear us? I can hear you now, mate. Yep, yep. I was panicking there for a minute. I thought I was going to have to talk to myself. <laughs> hey, Sorry, mate. Thanks for having me. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good, thank you, mate. Obviously, a, a pretty exciting time for some young talent around the country this evening with the, the draft coming up tonight, so... Um, let's hope a few West Aussies are read out. I think my my early guess would probably be be three to four West Aussies called out tonight. So let's um, let's start at the top. Are we absolutely convinced that West Coast takes Ryan Marrick with pick one? I think so. Yeah, it feels like that's that's been the the talk for the last few days now that that Marich would be the number one pick to to West Coast. They obviously don't mind picking the in-state ones in, in the mid-season draft, as we saw with Jai Cully this time last year. So, um, yeah, he looks looks ready to go, and he's probably one of those players that um, that could nearly slot into West Coast 22 um, this week or within the next few weeks. They're uh, they're that low on personnel at the moment, and he's obviously been playing some, some really good footy at Box Hill lately as well. So, um, barring any late surprises, I guess, it feels like, yeah, his name's going to be read out tonight we pick one yeah that's the key oh it's not the, it's not the only reason they would pick him my understanding is that west coast will take the pick for the long term and for the list build not for their immediate needs but this guy has been playing some vfl football at box hill as you mentioned he's been doing well uh he's played senior football before at druin which is his town of origin um he's a, he's a fascinating story isn't he because a, a couple of years back this kid was 107 kilograms and he's lost 24 kilograms to get himself into the sort of shape that would see him taken in a draft like this. Oh, it's it's remarkable. I think that's the the beauty of the mid-season draft. There's so many um, different stories from yeah, obviously Ryan. First things first. He's yeah, he's lost 25 kilos to try and realise his his AFL dream. So um, yeah, Scott McDougal, the the Gippsland talent manager, had a had a I guess a big say in in identifying him and um, putting him along the along the way and getting him to pre-season and that sort of thing. So I think he's um, 
he's one behind the scenes that deserves a lot of credit. Um, you know, when Ryan's name is, is likely to be called out tonight. So uh, it's a real footy factory, isn't it, Gippsland? Obviously, the, the Sarong boys um, are from there. They're, uh, they're probably one of the most famous names to, to come from there. Obviously, Kobe Bergier, who got drafted to um, to West Coast last year as well, and, and, and Max Noble, who got drafted to Fremantle. So um, they've, uh, they've got a, a hell of a lot of talent there, and it looks like Ryan Marriage will be the next one called out for them. Yeah, Jai Newcomb also that went to um, Hawthorne, I, th- I believe he's from that part of the country as well. So um, there'll be a few familiar faces. Um, I spoke to Scott yesterday and he said that um, he thinks it'll be West Coast at one or Hawthorne at three for Ryan. Um, but the strong suspicion is that he doesn't get past West Coast at one. Tell us about him as a player, um, Geordie. I, I spoke to Scott yesterday myself for Code Sports, but um, what's your understanding as to what sort of player he will be if he gets to AFL level? He's that, that athletic type forward, isn't he? He, uh, he models his game on, on Jeremy Cameron. He's got a few of those traits. He can you know, go up, move up the ground quite well and you know, good overhead as well. So, yeah, he's a... He's a very handy player and, and quite versatile as well. In that Young Guns game, they actually played him across half-back. He's had since in the midfield as well. So I don't think he's one of those players who will be pigeonholed in, in the one role, especially at a, at a club like West Coast, who are you know, obviously struggling for, for numbers and that at the moment. The, the possibilities are endless for someone like Ryan, who, um, yeah, he's that, that really good size, can play a variety of positions as well. So... Um, I certainly think he's a he's a good pick up for West Coast and uh, yeah one of those players like I said who could um, could easily slot into their their ones in the ne- next few weeks if he um, you know puts his best foot forward at, on the, on the track once he gets here. Let's talk about some of the WA prospects that will be on show and potentially taken in this draft. A bit of intrigue about Robert Hanson Jr. at Subiaco who didn't play on the weekend and then was on social media at the movies after being declared ill. What happened there and who, which club is interested in him? I actually didn't know about the, the social media at the movies. I had a chance to, to speak with him yesterday. Um, I did it over the phone in case he was still um, still a bit crook. So, um, no, he was, he was a ripper. He's got a, he's got a fantastic story. Um, you know, he said himself he he was just too inconsistent last year. He didn't get a single call from an AFL club even after his five goal performance in uh, in a cult semi final. I thought that might have put him on the map. I, I covered that game and he was uh, he was arguably best on ground. So um, yeah, he's, he's cousins with Tyrell Dewar who is uh, is on West Coast list and they actually lived together at the time that Tyrell got drafted and at the time that Tyrell started to get some interest from from AFL clubs. So I think, you know, seeing his cousin get drafted and I guess being there for it and witnessing him, you know, get up and, and go to to training and, and live his dream at, at West Coast while Robert was actually, um, you know, getting up and, and doing some labouring sort of work. So um, I think that really motivated him to have a, a massive pre-season. He's, he's Dad obviously gave him a bit of a pep talk as well. Robert Hanson, who is, um, you know, he, he played a fair bit of league footy at Subi and is obviously a, you know, a decorated player in, in the goldfields where the family's from. So um, I think the penny really dropped for him before pre-season. He, um, he slotted into Subi's league side in, in round two, played, I think, five or six games in a row before missing 
last weekend with illness. Uh, models his game on, on Cyril Rioli and probably has those those Cyril traits with his you know ability in front of goals, his, his pace. He's got excellent defensive pressure as well. And um, he is that sort of player who could play on the wing as well. He's played little stints on the wing with Subi, but um, probably more that um, that electric kind of small forward for, for AFL level. He's spoken with six clubs as well. I, I thought Bullo was going to be a certainty to be WA's first first player picked, but the more I think about it, that Robert Hansen Jr. is a, a sneaky chance as well. He's spoken with Fremantle, Richmond, Hawthorne, North, Port Adelaide and, and West Coast. Obviously, you can pretty much rule out West Coast, but... Um, I think um, I think Fremantle. Um, yeah, it, it, I think they'll he'd be at the top of their board. Um, just a matter of of whether those you know clubs above feels like North are probably going to take Clay Tucker, the ruckman from Eastern Rangers, Hawthorne, Scott, probably Ethan Stanley in their sights. If not, maybe maybe Jack Buller. I understand Buller's had some late interest from Hawthorne, so that's a potential home for him there. Um, but yeah, I, I think Robert Hansen Jr. is a, is a decent chance to end up at Fremantle, which would be a nice story. He's actually a Fremantle supporter growing up, so um, yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic story if he ends up there. Yeah, I think that'd be a good get for Freo. So, understanding Fremantle stands for the draft is they probably take a pick, but they have a very short list, and if the players on that list are gone when they uh, their turn to pick comes, they won't take a pick. Is that your understanding? Yeah, that's correct. I think I think if Buller's still there, they'll they'll certainly have a look at him. I think Hanson is is certainly in their sights, and I'd say they yeah they may have one one or two from from the east coast that we we may not know as as much about. And I think if they're all gone by the time their their pick comes around, yeah, there's there's every chance they they may not use the pick. They don't really need it at this stage. They've only got four players on on the injury list and, and one of those Michael Walters could actually come back as early as the, the first game after the bye against Richmond. So I can understand, um, you know, Peter Bell and David Wall's strategy with this one, um, that they, you know, don't desperately really need to, to fill a need, do they? It felt like um, a tall forward might have been in their sights about a month or so ago, but all of a sudden it, it does feel like they've, They've got um, you know that that particular forward line firing, and you know it feels like there's some some nice depth in there as well with Sebet Quek going going pretty well. He kicked a, a few goals at the weekend. I think he's kicked you know 15 or so for for the year, so he's ticking along nicely. Um, obviously, Matt Tabin is still to, to come back. He's, he's still TBA, but they're not not putting him on the inactive list. So um, there's a hint that he he might be back before the end of the season or they're hopeful for that. So, yeah, I can understand their, their point of view in, in not being forced to take a pick because they, they really don't have to. If you were West Coast, would you be taking more than one pick? Now, West Coast's position on this is pretty clear that their view is that the rules state that unless they can medically rule a player out for the rest of the season, they're not allowed to free up the other list spot. They're able to do that with Jai Cully. They are not able to do that with any other player. Um, they'll probably have a couple of players who go pretty close to the end of the season with their injuries they've got. So um, are you surprised at that, or is it just a case of that, those are the rules and they're playing by the rules? I, I'm surprised in a way, but um, listening to them sort of you know, explain their their reasoning for it, 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 it does make sense, I guess. They're, they're players that are expected to come back before the end of the season. So... 
Um, it sounds like their their hands were were tied. There's probably you know one or two players they would have loved to have you know potentially just put on ice for the year, but um, sounds like their their hands were tied on that front, unfortunately, which is which is frustrating. I think um, I think someone like a Quinton Narkle would have been in their sights with the with the second pick. Um, yeah, just for that. You know, what is he? Twenty-five, so he's probably in that that age group that West Coast don't have a, a massive amount of of you know high quality talent in, and he's he's been obviously banging down the door for Essendon VFL in recent weeks as well. So um, I thought that would have been a, a really nice get for him if they had that that second pick available, but unfortunately it's um, it, it's not to be. So um, they'll they'll just take the one pick tonight, as as will Frio. So. Um, looks like altogether it's going to be a, a relatively um, thin thin draft in terms of the amount of clubs actually actually taking picks. So um, yeah, that that obviously means that there's not going to be a great deal of West Aussies picked up either. I think that the only others that are a, a chance from a WA point of view, I think Jaden Hunter's um, you know really firming for a, for a chance. He actually kicked five goals against South Fremantle the weekend in front of Adrian Dodoro, who was um, who was watching the game. So um, there was already that little bit of interest in him from Essendon as well as Richmond. But tell you what, it's all about timing in the draft, isn't it? So to kick five goals in front of, um, you know, the most important man in Essendon's recruiting team is, uh, is nice timing. Um, I was told earlier in the week that Angus Schumacher got a little bit of interest from Sydney, but I think that was more if they would open up a third pick. They were looking at um, Mark Sheether, he was potentially going to go on their inactive list, but um, from what I saw yesterday afternoon, it, it doesn't look like they've they've made that pick active. They they did make one active for for Paddy McCartan, who unfortunately is not going to play again this year because of concussion. But yeah, I don't think Sheetha was was put on there, which hurt Schumacher's chances. Buller, he goes in the draft. We're sure. Um, well, I'm asking you that as opposed to telling you that. Um, but also, if he is going in the draft, where is he going? This is an interesting one. Speaking with Claremont, they they say that there's been unprecedented interest in him from a draft day, not just from a, a mid-season point of view, but um, they don't remember ever having so much interest for a particular player heading into a draft. So, um, yeah, hearing hearing that just shows that he could he could really go anywhere. I, I mentioned Hawthorne had put in um, a fair bit of uh, of late work into him. I think Port Adelaide's another chance. Obviously, they put Mitch Georgiatis on on their long term or on their inactive list because it is ACL. So, do they need you know a bit of forward depth in in Buller? Ollie Lord's obviously going pretty well at the moment, and um, you know Dixon's sort of in and out of the side with with injury and that sort of thing as well. So. Um, I think he'd be a, a good fit at Port Adelaide. I'm not saying that just because I uh, I am a Port Adelaide supporter, but um, yeah, I think he'll be he'd be a, a good fit for their their forward depth. So um, yeah, some some of the other teams potentially, you know, somewhere like a a, a Richmond or a North, a North Melbourne um, or a couple of other clubs in that kind of in, in the frame for him. Um, yeah, other than that, maybe Fremantle if he gets gets down that far, but it, I don't think he will. Um, Geelong, Geelong's another option as well. Obviously, they're um, they're very injury hit at the moment, but sounds like Sam Naismith might be there uh, at, the, at the top of their board. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Buller's 
Um, some are at the top of their board as well. So, yeah, it feels like there's there's so many options for, for Buller, but, yeah, unfortunately it's not going to be uh, pick one no. at the moment unless, uh, unless West Coast really do pull a late surprise. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, I think West Coast will be going for Ryan Marrick, and I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good long-term pick and part of a list build that obviously uh, needs to be progressed as quickly as they possibly can. Geordie? Always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. Thanks very much for joining us on the show and sharing your draft expertise with us. And uh, good luck with getting hold of the kids after their names get called out later in the day. (laughs) It is always a fun time, Duff. Thanks for having me. Jordan McArdle, he is the West Australians draft guru. What do you think about West Coast taking Ryan Marrick with their first pick? I think it's a good idea. Uh, What are your thoughts? And who would you like to see Fremantle take if you're a Dockers supporter? You can have your say on the Temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. The open line, if you want to call us, is 13 12 55. We'll take a break. Ace and Marto, live this afternoon from 3 on SEN. Um, you know, it's becoming really clear the protection of the head, the ability to tackle. We're training it differently already. You know, ability to, to take guys to ground in a nice, safe manner. And I think everyone will adjust. We're going through a process right now, as we have done with a lot of things in the game before, um, where we need to, to modify things and, and get things better. And as I said, we're starting to train it. We've had our own experiences in this space. Um, so we, we as an industry need to do it better. That's the information we're getting from the AFL. That is Melbourne coach Simon Goodwin talking about dangerous tackles. Of course, we saw Adam Chera from Carlton and also Rory Laird from Adelaide beat dangerous tackle charges at the tribunal last night. They were the the first ones in about 20 this year to beat the charge of dangerous tackles. And Fremantle will test the water with Jager O'Meara and his tackle on Charlie Spargo tonight at the tribunal. I suspect that... Jager O'Meara cannot beat this charge unless they can show that Charlie Spargo's head did not hit the ground. I think if the head, as opposed to the hair, which was one of the arguments in the uh, in the Chera case, that um, uh, Tom Hickey's hair touched the ground, but his head not so much, uh, I think Fremantle's going to have to show that Charlie Spargo's head did not touch the ground if they want to beat that charge. That would make it... Interesting. We'll take a break. After the break, we'll be back to uh, talk to ESPN Crick Info's Tristan Lavalette about the upcoming Test Cricket Championship match between Australia and India at Lords, and, of course, the Ashes series to follow on after that. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. Give us your thoughts on the temperate bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield.